0: Welcome to the Transformation Goddess Divine Feminine Spotlight. I'm your host, Shan Vanderleek, founder of TransformationGoddess.com and PodcastPath.com. The intention of the Divine Feminine Spotlight is to share transformational stories of women who have learned to walk in beauty with the strength, courage, and pleasure of claiming their feminine sovereignty. I know you will enjoy listening in to one of the most popular interviews, I had the pleasure of hosting as part of the Goddess Talk Sessions global event. I invite you to light a candle, kick your feet up, and get ready to be inspired by a woman who walks in beauty. Today, it's my pleasure and honor to introduce you to Terry Britt. Former Miss USA, Terry Britt is a spiritual coach, energetic healer, and award-winning author of The Enlightened Mom, Terry's been guiding women to love and nurture themselves into abundance for nearly two decades. In her newest ebook, Women Leaders of Love How to End, the number one massive mistake women make, and Unleash Your Greatest Act of Service, Terry believes that women have the power to create immense change in our world. When we claim that power and stop performing for love and approval and become women leaders of love, setting the tone, for others to watch us and learn welcome Terry thank you Shan and I have to tell
1: you oh my gosh when you started just talking about what your intention is for this series I don't know if everybody else feels this but I literally could feel the energy flooding in and just the grounding loving energy that I mean, it was beautiful. So just God bless you for doing this, because it was the coolest thing to feel that to come in when you're just you talking. And I could feel the vibration shifting and the energy shifting. So I hope everybody else is feeling it because it was so darn cool.
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) thank you so much. Well, you know, before every call, I I light a candle, I smudge myself in the room, I say a, a grounding prayer. And um, and I also draw a goddess card for our time together. And today, I chose Pele, Divine Passion. Be mm. honest with yourself. What is your heart's true desire? And I wonder, how does Pele's message resonate with you? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I got
1: chills. <laughs> like, okay, everything's running up and down my spine again. I, I love that. You know, it, it is so right on the nose because you mentioned women leaders of love and this is something that I feel so strongly about because women leaders of love are passionate women. I mean, we women are so trained to suppress our passions to be good, to do it right, and that you know, we just walk around feeling as if something's missing and, and a lot of times it shows up as being angry and stressed out and To give yourself permission to be in that passionate, divine flow, that inner beauty that is then expressed into the outer world is such my calling. So you nailed it, sister. You nailed it (laughs) when you drew that card because that's what everybody tells me. They're like, oh my gosh, I want the passion you have in your life. And and I remember I was at an event one time when this man comes up to me and I had on this beautiful black suit, but I had on my Harley studded belt with the suit that was all these rhinestones. I mean, it was just so sassy. And this this man came up to me and he goes, I want
0: my wife to know you. (laughs) That's awesome.
1: Yeah, because it's about the passion, right? That's so right on the nose. You hit it.
0: Oh, good. I I figured I did, and especially when when we were talking uh, right before uh, our interview, you know, the official part of our interview began and getting a little bit more of your backstory, I just cracked up. I'm like, yeah, that's just perfect. Yeah. Okay. So let's begin uh, today, uh, sharing a picture of what your life looks like right now. And the journey that you've been on uh, because you've been through uh, quite a transformation in the last couple of years a lot of a lot of transformation shan
1: whoo where do you begin uh, you know a lot of people say well, you know wasn't miss usa the highlight of your life and i'm no it was great it was great to win but when i won miss usa There was something that was really interesting that I learned because I had no time to prepare. I literally won Miss Arkansas and two weeks later left for Miss USA. It was kind of a whim. And then I talked about drinking beer and dipping skull on the back of a pickup truck in my top 12 interview. And <laughs> okay, so I talked, you know, Bob Barker's like, what are you doing, in Cabot, Arkansas? Population 4,000 on a Saturday night. I, I'm like, well, Bob, in the winter we stay at home, but in the summer we go to Tasty Freeze sit on the back of my friend's truck. He plays the banjo. The guys drink a little beer and dip a little skull. It's a real good time. And I won with that. And <laughs> I know. And I also had short brown hair. Okay. Um, So I was not your typical Miss USA. So let's just clear that up. But what was interesting about that, and it took me a long time to get it, is that that night a miracle showed up because I was so authentic. I was not the most beautiful by any, you know, any, I mean, no stretch. I I just, no way. Okay. I can't even put it into words because I barely made it into the top 15. My interviews are what carried me. Um, And so what what I learned that night is that when I was fully authentic, when I let my light shine, a miracle showed up. But it took me a long time to figure that out because I lived most of my life on the hamster wheel, trying to get it right, trying to do it right, trying to be good. And I was a I was an emotional mess. I mean, an absolute emotional mess. So... For me, I carried that into my family and, and was trying to, at that time, this was, oh, my stepson's now in his 30s. This was when he was about four or five. I was trying to make him be good. I was trying to make him do it right, believing this is what was going to bring him love and success to the point where I couldn't stand myself. And I just, I, I remember cr- falling to my knees one day, crying, going, I don't know how to love you. I don't know how to love you, and that's what got me on my healing journal, journey because I wanted to be something different for my family, and I got into energy school, meditation, doing all this different stuff, and then found my life purpose because I was doing a lot of inner healing, looking at my life, how was I interact interacting with my family, going within, giving myself permission to stop performing, to stop trying to be a good mom, stop trying to be a good wife, stop trying to be a good person, and just be me. And that's how I ended up doing The Enlightened Mom. And as you said, it was an award-winning book. It won Best Spiritual Book at New York and San Francisco Book Festivals. But what was interesting during all of this is that I tapped into my gifts as an intuitive, as a healer. When The Enlightened Mom came out, which was in 2010, I shut down. I got really, really sick. And I know that the reason I got really sick was because I had so many persecution beliefs about my gifts, about being a healer, about sharing this message of higher consciousness out in the world. I had a lot of religious programming and and a lot of past life. I mean, I have been beheaded, I have been put in the stocks, I have been burned at the stake. I mean, I've had a lot of old stuff that showed up and I shut down, I mean, literally shut down. I developed this disease called Chiari malformation which is where the brain stem slides into the spine oh. and it cuts off your cervical fluid so what happens is you can lose your arms, your legs, your eyes, your ears. I mean it's awful. For me the way it started showing up is I was um, I was losing my balance all the time. I was choking constantly. I had to tell myself to swallow. And and then it got to the point where I couldn't load my dishwasher, my life pretty much came to a standstill. I'd sit at my computer, I couldn't put A and B together, I felt like almost as if I'd had a stroke.
0: Oh my goodness. And
1: yeah, it was really, really bad. And and when I think I had my big wake up call is one morning, I got out of bed and fell over my foot. So what that was telling me was that I was starting to lose my appendages. It was really scary. Wow. So this, yeah, it was really scary. I I mean, you know, and I kept questioning Shan. I kept saying, why have I been guided to do all this work? And now my body is shutting down. And I wasn't really understanding at that moment what was going on. I mean, I knew that I'd had a lot of past life stuff that had been shutting me down and I'd been cleaning it up for years. But there was still some of that old energy that was sitting inside of me. So what's so cool about this is that as I was walking through this illness, I have a process that I do called retrieving the gift of love process. And and what that teaches you is how to take whatever's happening in front of you to go within and heal, to see it as a gift of love, to see if it's with somebody else who's showing up in your life that's causing you pain, to look at the spiritual agreements um, to go within and then really see who you are, do soul retrievals, you know, bring back those parts of yourself that you've lost. Well, I kept doing this through this process. And, and I mean, I would have weeks on end where I was just flattened. I'd be laying in bed, and then I'd feel fine, and I'd get up and go about my life, and then I'd be flattened again. Wow. It was the weirdest thing that was happening to the point where I just, I just laid it down. Well, finally, when I had had enough... I remember one day just saying, okay, God, I'm ready to have the surgery, but there, if there is a kinder, gentler way, please show me the way. And the reason I had put this off for two years, because in the States, they take out your skull in the back, they go in and cauterize your spine. From what I understand, it's an all-day surgery. And then you're in ICU, they put a plate in your head. It's not an easy recovery. Oh,
0: so frightening and so it's,
1: barbaric. It's horribly barbaric. Anyway, so it was pretty scary. Well, as soon as I said, if there's a kinder, gentler way, the next day, Shan, <laughs> literally the next day, I went to the mall to have lunch with my husband. We were living in Florida at the time, so we had an outdoor mall and there was this weird-looking dog, the funniest looking dog I've ever seen in my dog my <laughs> husband's dog person, okay? So we had to go over and see the dog. And I'm talking to the woman. Don't recognize her. Her husband walks up, and I recognize him. He had done some roofing for uh, our house, and I remembered liking him. I remembered his family being big into water sports. His son was a world champion uh, in water um, in wave runner racing. Okay. And uh, and I remember asking them, you know, so how's how are you guys doing? How's he doing? And they said, Well, he's had to stop everything. He's really sick. And I'm you know I'm going, Oh my goodness, because. I'm not thinking about my illness in this moment. I'm trying to have this great moment of just being out. Sure. And I said, well, what's wrong with him? And the mother said, well, he's got this weird disease called Chiari malformation.
0: No way.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine my mouth? No. Dropped. I told them I had it. Their mouths dropped. I had never even heard of the disease, right? So I I just plopped down in the chair next to her. So we began talking, and I said, "Is he getting the surgery?" And she said, "Well, he's scheduled in New York at the Chiari. Um, uh, I think it was Chiari Institute in New York." She says, "But have you heard about this doctor in Spain?" I said, "No. What about him?" She says, "Well, you, you have to be a candidate, but there is a tendon at the base of your spine that connects the spine to the tailbone. If it's damaged, it will create the Chiari." If you're a candidate, they go in, they clip the tendon. It's a 45-minute surgery, and you're out of the hospital the next day.
0: It's just amazing.
1: Isn't that amazing? I asked for a kinder, gentler way. Yeah,
0: right, and there it was.
1: And there it was. And then what's so interesting about it is those two years that I was so sick, that was my whole motivation is every time I would get flattened, at first I was judging it, but then I would go in and nurture myself. I would love myself, and I would ask for the gift, and I would ask it to take me deeper in my connection to my inner beauty, this this, this person inside of me that radiates the presence of God, right? Right. So six weeks later, I was a candidate, and I went to Barcelona. Now, here's what's really funny. On the way to Barcelona, I can't make up my mind how where I'm going to stay. I know I'm going to be there three weeks. The doctor only needs me there for 10 days, but interestingly my oldest daughter at that time is in the south of spain at semester abroad so i'm thinking how there is no way that i am going all the way to spain and not going to see my daughter right of course so so i figured i'm going to stay three weeks and charlie my hubby was only going to stay for the first 10 days for the surgery and then to get me to my checkup and then he had to come back to go to work so and i was like okay this is good so where am i going to stay three weeks i couldn't make up my mind well, Charlie kept saying, honey, if this was you in your normal state, you would take this as a sign. He said, how about you just find a place for three days, we'll go over to to Spain, and we'll figure it out from there. And I mean, I, I mean Shan, you have to imagine, I'm sitting here going, okay, I am sick, I am not functioning well. Right. And you're asking me to go across the, the planet to a country that I don't speak the language. The doctor doesn't even speak the language. Luckily, his assistant does. And you're telling me to just book a hotel for three days, not knowing what we're facing. Okay, this is what I call trust.
0: No doubt.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to do this. Well, we get to the hotel, and it's mid-afternoon, and I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm so tired, I can't even hardly function, but I don't want to go to sleep because my surgery's in a couple of days. I need to get my body acclimated to the time zone as quickly as I can. So I'm looking through the hotel brochure and it says Monastery Tour. Well, for months I had been hearing Monastery in my meditation but had no idea what to do with it, right? I was like, okay, I I can't even function. I, I I don't know what to do with this. Well, when I saw Monastery Tour, I looked at Charlie and said, we have to go. We have to go right now. So we get on the bus that afternoon and there's a tour guide speaking. He says, we're going to Montserrat. It's one of the seven most sacred mountains in the world. People often come here. And have encounters with god charlie and i are looking at each other going oh my yeah,
0: my <laughs> mind is officially blown
1: <laughs> what is going on and charlie's not an energy worker but he's very sensitive to energy mm-hmm. we're going up the mountain we are vibrating i mean vibrating i'm to the point of asking other people on the bus, do you feel the energy? Do you feel the energy? Because I'm sitting here feeling like I'm playing with my vibrator, you know?
0: Sure, sure. <laughs> and
1: and um, and he uh, and everybody's like, yes, yes, yes. So we get up to the top of the mountain. We go in. We do the little tour. As we're getting ready to get back on the bus, I turn around, and I see this little bitty hotel that is in the side of the mountain. It looks like part of the monastery. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to go in. So I walk in, and I said, do you have a room that I might see? The gentleman handed me a key. I went up a couple of flights. It was on the top floor. I walk in this room. It's a giant room, and it's overlooking all of Montserrat and the valley. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's so old, right? The, the building's so old. You know how we think of hotel rooms where you can't open the windows, or if you do, they're barely open because they don't want anybody jumping out. These are the ones that you see. And I think of, like, under the Tuscan sun. Oh, sure, me, wide open. A, The windows just go wide open, and I could jump out if I wanted to. And I'm standing there, and all I can think is, is now I understand this is where I'm supposed to stay. Right. So they had that room, that exact room available. So I went back to Barcelona for those three days, had my surgery, got out of the hospital the next day. Immediately, my body, uh, you have so many receptors in your belly. I had only had one that was firing prior to the surgery, immediately after the surgery everything was firing completely. And I mean, I just, I was like, I can't even believe how, you know, this is amazing that that was so easy. So we stayed in Barcelona one extra day and then headed to Montserrat. Well, while there, I'm fascinated, I'm, I'm just, I'm walking around on a mountain shan. I mean, if I had been in the States, I'd probably have still been in ICU, because right. of the, the thing in my head, the, the plague. I'm hiking around on the mountain, very slowly, but I'm hiking around on the mountain. And I'm sitting in gratitude and going, why am I here? Why did you bring me here? And so I start reading about the monastery. And this monastery is about the Black Madonna. There's about 500 of them in the world. And they've even tried to move this Black Madonna. She just kind of showed up, and they haven't been able to move this Madonna. And there have been miracles around her miracles around her. And I'm reading about it. And the monastery says that it's in uh, the Divine Mother takes you to God. And I'm, I'm going, okay, that's, I think that's the Catholic belief. I'm not Catholic, but I think that's the Catholic belief that the Divine Mother really, you know, guides you there. And didn't think much about it and learn more about the Black Madonna, that she's all about our passions. How appropriate is that for what <laughs> you hold today, right? And, you know, and just really embracing our humanness and being, you know, kind and gentle, nurturing ourselves. And then the next thing I heard as I started meditating on this was, and this is what you've been teaching, Terry, how to nurture yourself into alignment, to move into alignment with God. And in that moment, Shan, everything made sense. Everything that I'd been doing, that I'd been guided to do, just by wanting to be a better mom, had I learned that, that it is us loving and nurturing ourselves and tapping into the divine inside of each of us that is a kinder, gentler way. And that's when the miracles show up. I mean, I don't know about you, but the fact that I would walk over after asking for a kinder, gentler way and go right. to the ball and have that kind of miracle show up so that I could have such a, an easy path of healing and then to get all this information. And here's what's really interesting. Is at the end of my trip, I went to see my daughter and I knew as soon as I got there after a couple of days, I'm infringing on her space. This is her adventure and I love her and I see her, I gave her a hug and a kiss and spent a couple of days and I went back to Montserrat by myself.
0: Good for you. Um,
1: I just knew, you know, I just knew that she needed her space and I needed mine. So as I'm in this space of healing and meditation, and every day was like a labyrinth walking around on that mountain, and I would find myself standing in front of people. I remember this one couple. I walked around the corner. They're trying to take pictures. It was an American couple. So I struck up a conversation because we could speak the same language, and within minutes she was crying as a healing was taking place. She says, oh, my gosh, I didn't know I needed to talk to you today. And so as we're doing this and as we're, as we're um, you know, being in the space of just talking and she's crying, I, I knew that everywhere I was being guided, that's exactly where I was supposed to be. And then the final few days, I found myself walking on the mountain and I felt Christ walking next to me. And he was carrying this chest covered in pearls. Well, up in Montserrat, there's this beautiful knoll out on the... Um, out on the, the overlooking the, the valley and the, mo- and the monastery. He's got a big cross, and I felt his presence because part of being a woman leader of love is tapping into your intuition and, and being able to see and connect to the other side. And so I'm feeling him guiding me, and he says, come over here and sit down. And he hands me this chest. And as I, he said, open it. And so I opened it, and this beautiful light came out. He said to me, Terry, This is the divine feminine that you separated from as a child. It's time to call it back.
0: Oh my goodness, that is so powerful.
1: Mm -hmm. And what I was shown, because I was still trying to absorb all of it, is that over the next couple of years, I was looking at what exactly is this divine feminine? What is it that this is all about. And it's about being open to receive. Mm-hmm. It's about loving and nurturing yourself. And what I've been shown is that this is your worthiness quotient because all of us are wanting life to be easier. We're wanting to break through our glass ceilings. We're wanting to have better relationships, better health. We're wanting all of these things. But the truth is, Shan, most of us are not open to receive it.
0: Right? We are collectively so shut down so as each one of us opens up and learns to receive and learns the importance of this sacred self-care and is open to receiving the miracles and the magic of this of of this life I mean look at what you just experienced mm-hmm. oh it my is. goodness
1: it's amazing and and it's interesting because I was given this term to to use and it's called the worthiness quotient and most of us have a very low worthiness quotient and the, your worthiness quotient is how open are you to receiving these abundance and miracles and as I said most of us because one we watch our world I mean what why I was told in that and that experience with Christ that I need it was time for me to call the divine feminine back is because as a child I watched my mom and dad and my mother did not value herself, we came from the typical family where she put herself on the back burner, she honored dad in everything, he had the final say in in everything, Mm -hmm. I mean he was God in our home. Even to the point in high school my boyfriend said to me, your dad is like a God, you treat him like a God, and that's the way I was trained in my household. Well to me it was, I'm like, well he's having a lot more fun than my mom is, I'm going to be like my dad. Sure. So I attached to him, and I got on, it, and, and it was during the women's movement too, so my dad was hearing this, and he had come from a lot of poverty, but he had taken Dale Carnegie courses, and he was really empowering me. He says, you can be anything you want to be. So that fed my soul, of course, right? right? But I watched his actions of driving himself into the ground, and that's what I did. That's why I got on the hamster wheel, straight A student, always trying to be the best always thinking that this was going to bring me love, success, feeling valued, that that his way was the right way. Right. And through all of this time of the healing work that I've been doing and being that divine mother to myself and nurturing and being kind and gentle to myself, did I finally open up to receive? And that's what I was shown is that the worthiness quotient is are you loving and nurturing yourself? Have you stopped the performance? Have you gotten off the hamster wheel and taken a stand for finding the love within? And, and, and this is where I feel so called right now in our society is that we look at why everybody's so angry. We look at why there's so much um, terrorist activity. And it's all because it's a mirror to how we're treating ourselves. I mean, it's how we are not nurturing and loving ourselves. And so we women are being called to really step up and I know your audience knows this. I know your audience knows this but as a healer who has been doing this work for 20 years I also knew that it was important for me to love myself but I was still not receiving.
0: Right, right. Well and you said it's not what we do for others but how we live our lives that impacts them the most and it it seems to me that there's got to be some inspiration for that quote from this awakening that you've had.
1: Oh my gosh, You know, I mean I learned that immediately. As soon as I started bringing the energy tools into my home, this was with my late husband, as soon as I started bringing them in and instead of trying to control my family or trying to do it right or trying to be the best mom, I started looking at myself like I explained earlier. And as I gave myself permission to stand in my truth and love myself unconditionally, being kind and gentle to myself, my husband started shifting, and he wanted more. Okay, right. He, right. he did that. Well, he and we were married for seventeen years, and I mean, we went from that typical marriage that was falling apart after you have the kids, to shifting it to being a, a loving, passionate, kind, and and just growing in unconditional love marriage, and because I made the shift, so I was truly being that woman leader of love for my family, and I saw my husband leave everything. He was a garment manufacturer. He ended up opening a company back then called Conscious One, which was all about bringing self-help stuff out into the world. If you can imagine, I mean, it was so cool, I mean, to see the shift he had. Well, then he ended up having um, a massive heart attack, and he left, and I, it, what was interesting is that the when he died, I remember sitting on my neighbor's toilet because they were having to do a homicide investigation because no one was home when he died. So they had to make sure that it was a heart attack. And I'm sitting on my neighbor's toilet and I call in Steve's spirit, which I, this is what I love to teach my students is how to see spirit of the other person, even if they're alive, if they're dead, it doesn't matter. But I had called in Steve's spirit and I said, why now? Why are you leaving now? And he says, because I finally let go of the controls. I'm done. And because he had had prostate cancer, beaten it, and was really trying to stay around for our kids, sure, he he was done. Well, interestingly, the next day, literally the next day, Shan, my husband, now showed up on the doorstep. People wow. say, "How do I get somebody into my life?" Because I was holding a vision that my husband and I have this passionate, dynamic relationship, and it is you know just the most amazing thing in the world, and. And, and Steve, here, here's an interesting little piece. Steve had had prostate cancer. And so it was so advanced that he couldn't have intimacy anymore. And not as physical intimacy. He right. Sex. And so, but we were building our intimacy even on a deeper level. But I kept holding the vision during his illness that somehow or another there was a miracle that was going to happen, that my husband and I would have the relationship we we would have, but even more passion and even more intimacy. He dies. Charlie shows up the next day on my doorstep. I knew him from afar. Our girls were on the same dance team. His wife had committed suicide.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: Yeah, so he had been a single dad for five years. We lived in the same neighborhood, but we didn't really know each other because his daughter was between my two girls. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, he came over and he says, let me support you. Let me tell you the things you need to do to to get your social security and stuff for the kids and all this stuff. Well, a year and a half later, we were married. Okay. Wow. I mean, that's, that, that is I really, such I mean,
0: a powerful story.
1: I mean, just think about that. I mean, women are always asking me so... How do you have these, you know, two great marriages? And I said I kept working on me. I kept being kind and gentle right. to myself. I kept loving myself and honoring who I am and you keep showing up. Better. You keep showing up. But listen to this. This is what's so cool. Last summer, Charlie and I were talking and I remember him sitting down on the the couch and this man is a really special man. But his lip started Quivering, his chin started quivering, and he got real teary eyed. He says, You know what? What I realized, Terry, he said, By you doing what you do in your life, you've taught me to love myself. And he said, And what I realized in loving myself is that I have never really fully received love from you and from the universe. And he says, For the first time in my life, I'm really receiving your love. So when we are women leaders of love, when we are saying yes to ourselves, because I know we waffle back and forth as, you know, standing in this truth of letting our light shine, letting that inner beauty shine. And because we are so programmed to be good, we're so programmed to do it right, but that keeps our worthiness quotients low. So when we say no more to trying to be good, no more to the performance, and yes to loving ourselves first, this becomes our greatest act of service. And I've seen it through my family. I've seen it now that through the the calling of doing this work and giving myself permission to be out in the world, seeing women's lives shift and how they're shifting their families, their communities, their workplaces by being women leaders of love. And, And so it is our greatest calling. And I believe that that's why I was shown this in Montserrat I believe that's why I had the illness. I believe that's why I talked to Christ on the mountain, because he says it's time to get off the hamster wheel. It's time to stop the performance, and it's time to call the sacred feminine back.
0: So profound. What comes up for you when you hear me say, to walk in beauty?
1: Oh, that is such an easy one for me, Shan. That is so easy because, you know, as a former Miss USA that's all about outer beauty, I won because of inner beauty because I was so real. But walking in inner beauty for me is that you are so connected in alignment. It's about being that divine mother to yourself and nurturing yourself into alignment, being that divine mother, as I saw at the monastery, but that Divine Mother who takes you into alignment with God, and God is the joy, the love, the passion, the compassion, the kindness, the gentleness, the living full out. It's the inner beauty that then radiates out into the world in, in a high vibration, and then you attract the things you want with life in life with grace and ease, just like I did attracting that, that surgery to my life with grace and ease. That is inner beauty to me.
0: And simply by asking for what you needed and then allowing it for it to come in. Yes. You have a wonderful free gift for all of the women who stepped into circle with us today. Tell me about it. Well, it is
1: called the Worthiness Quotient Breakthrough Bundle. I am so excited about this because the book in it is my ebook, Women Leaders of Love. And this was a divine download. It was so funny because I knew I was supposed to write this. And I sat down one day and I couldn't, I just couldn't make it happen. And the next day I'm sitting on my couch and I felt Michael the Archangel come in. Literally, Shan, this energy just washed over me and I got get up and go write this. So I did. I wrote it and I so funny. It. Yeah, it was it was incredible. And so it it really goes through the understanding of what the worthiness quotient is, why we women have low worthiness quotients, even though we think we're doing all the things to to be able to have the things we want, but yet we're coming up on blocks, right? So this really shows you how to do it. It gives you some exercises uh, in the in the ebook to to, to take this a step further in raising your worthiness question. And it's it's a short read. It's 20 pages. It's real easy. And then I've added three meditations to this, which are called Vision, Truth, and Purpose. Because there are some key exercises that I do for me that have brought me to this place of receiving miracles and abundance. And so these three meditations are going to help you shift your worthiness quotient into a higher number so that or a higher space so that you can receive things that you want. I felt that if I could give anything to any woman, this would be it because these are the core tools that I use every single day to shift my life.
0: I cannot wait to dig in. I uh oh, I'm just thrilled for you to have witnessed this transformation and to see you showing up and sharing and being this beacon of light for others who can say oh my goodness maybe I can open up more maybe I can learn to increase my worthiness quotient my worthiness factor and and by just taking advantage of this gorgeous gift which for everyone listening this is available on Terry's speaker page so it's right there for you you just click on a button and it'll take you right to her site and everything will be there Terry I just Enjoy talking with you so much. Enjoy listening to your stories, and I really appreciate you saying yes to the Goddess Talk sessions. Well, I appreciate you asking, Shan, because I feel
1: such a mission. Uh, women leaders of love to me is a life calling. I I know it is. It's so deep in my heart, and the fact that you gave me a a stage to share it is awesome. So thank you, and thank you for the work you're doing. It's amazing, and I love what you're... I mean, I just love the whole energy of it. I was, as I said from the beginning today, I was like, whoo, this energy's good.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, well, you're welcome. And if you had, if you had one thought that you'd like to leave us with today, what would that be? Let
1: go of guilt, because guilt is is the most debilitating thing you can you can have because it shuts you down to receiving and the guilt is telling you you should be a different way than who you are the greatest gift you can give the planet is to be love be you be real and be a woman leader of love
0: thanks for listening to the transformation goddess podcast if you're interested in walking in beauty visit transformationgoddess.com and claim our free audio series